0: Managing money is time-consuming, difficult and well, sometimes just stressful. Does it leave you confused, exhausted and frustrated? Having those countless arguments with your parents and rant sessions with your friends all leading to the same piece of advice. You need to spend responsibly and save money. But the real question is, how? How do you achieve this? Well, come discover the simple truths about money with Finlet. Better yet, deep dive with us in our weekly podcasts and learn the most practical tips and tricks that can help you lead that life of financial stability. Teaching is the best way to learn and learning should never stop regardless of your age. Today we have Omar who talks to us about why we should actively seek out opportunities to learn and how to do so effectively. We hope you enjoy the episode. Omar, welcome to the Finlec podcast. We are so excited to have you on our beautiful session today and basically to talk about you and your journey so far. You do a lot of interesting things and you interact with youth in a very unique way. So please tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as an educator and a mindset coach.
1: First of all, Monica, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It is a pleasure to share my learnings, my experience with you and your audience. So I really, really hope that time that you and I, we spend is very, very useful for you and your audience both. So thank you so much. You do ask me about my work as an educator and a mindset coach a couple of years ago. Life circumstances led me to a very introspective path where I started asking myself some very deep questions about life, like what is the purpose of life? The realization or the self-awakening moment that I reached to was this, I felt that in order to feel content and peaceful in my deathbed, I really have to find a way to give back to this world just the way this world has given me so much in the form of education, in the form of mentorship and coaching. So at that point, I made three promises to myself. The first promise was I'm going to just go out and learn learn and learn, and this is outside of engineering, this is outside of MBA, this is self-education, taking online courses, taking in-person courses, starting to read a lot of books, and just to learn and to expand my skills and my perspectives. The second thing I promised myself was that I'm gonna just go out and teach, teach, and teach. No matter who it is, whether I get paid for it or not, I'm gonna give back in the form of teaching. And the third promise, which at that time, I didn't realize how important that will be, but it turned out to be one of the most crucial pieces of the jigsaw puzzle for me, which was networking. I made a promise to myself that I'm going to network with at least one new person every single day. I'm going to meet one new person every single day. I believe that talking to and rubbing your shoulders with more experienced, more successful and more awakened people really expands your perspective. And as they say, your net worth is your network, right? Yeah. So that was uh, those three promises of teaching, learning, and networking really integrated in a very, very powerful way and led me to this epiphany. And the epiphany was that our schooling and education systems are designed to teach us what to learn. However, they do not do a very good job of teaching us how to learn, which I believe is one of the most important skills for the 21st century digital economy. So as I started digging deeper, Monica, about, okay, if I wanna be successful, if I want others to be successful in this 21st century digital economy, how can I help them learn how to learn? And in that journey, I started learning about the brain. And you know, I think one, is one of the most important things we all can do is to learn about our brain the supercomputer between our ears. And the second thing I started doing was to learn um, about how to build what I call as the non-cognitive skills, because my research tells me that non-cognitive skills are the skills that lay the foundation for all types of cognitive learning. So now what the three very interconnected projects that I am working on is one, I'm continuously learning and teaching about the aspect of learning how to learn by developing tools and techniques about uh, tools and techniques to learn and teach about the brain and non cognitive skills the second project that i'm working on is research on the secrets of success the secrets of greatness it also happens to be the name of my video cast series on youtube where i um, get a chance to interview Uh, successful people from all facets of life uh, from test cricketers to umpires to um, CEOs to coaches and marketers award-winning TED talk speakers and learn directly from them and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build and see if there is a blueprint for success that these successful people have created and if we if we can learn from them so the third and the last thing that I do is I coach others. I am a mindset and success coach and I use my learnings from non-cognitive skills, from the brain studies that I have done and from the interviews that I'm doing to empower others and to help them become the best versions of themselves. And because as they say, Monica, the fastest way to learn something is to teach others because when you teach, you get to learn it many, many times.
0: True. That's actually a great thought that you've ended your introduction with. But I'm interested to know, you know, how did you, like, how did being an international student impact Mm -hmm. your perspective on the detailed things like, you know, budgeting, money, financial independence, and how did you navigate the transition uh, from living at your own, in your own country or at home, and then moving to Canada and living Mm -hmm. there?
1: Right, That's a great question. And I think it's really, really important, especially for your audience. I I, I obviously at that time, back in 2006, when I became an international student, I didn't think of it that way. Because I was like, oh, crap, I have... Uh, I have an annual tuition cost of $32,000 to pay. And I'll be very honest, I do not come from a very privileged background at all. So I really had to work and study at the same time to pay for my tuition. And I hated taking money from my parents. Luckily for me, the university that I chose, the University of Waterloo in Canada, has a very, very strong co-op program. And as a result, I got a I got a few really good opportunities to work as an engineering intern at good companies such as Research and Motion, which is now called BlackBerry and General Motors. And they paid pretty well as well. So as a result of that, I was able to pay, you know, a large portion of my tuition fee myself by, but I had to be very careful about it. I had to force myself to create a very minimalist mindset for myself. And what I mean by creating a minimalist mindset is that this is a mindset in which I'm not going out on a shopping spree randomly to purchase things that I want, but I'm just focused on the basic needs of life. So I had to also sacrifice a bit on my health as well. And back when I was living at home, I was a big foodie. I was a big, big foodie. But now that I was living by myself as an international student, who had to pay thirty plus thousand dollars in tuition every year, I had to forcefully kill my taste buds, and I had to train my brain to believe that I'm going to eat to live instead of live to eat. So yeah, since I since that time, since I was eighteen, I have been doing a lot of I love spreadsheets, so I had quarterly expense tracking and uh, budgeting spreadsheets. And I use that as a tool to remain on top of my expenses and remain within my budget. And honestly, Monica, all that frugality, all that hustle and that shift in mindset being minimalist, it really paid off because at the end of the day, I f- do feel very proud that I graduated with 0 dollars in debt.
0: That's that's incredible especially when you're talking about you know paying in in you know US dollars or paying I would say in euros or any of the stronger currencies you're suddenly shook and I recently read this somewhere it was more like a meme I would say it very clearly said that a middle class student uh, categorizes their university choices by the ones that they can afford versus the ones that they actually want to go to, right? Mm. So it's always about going to the university website and first looking at scholarships, what's available, will I qualify? And then going to, okay, what's my budget? Does this fit my budget? How will I afford this? Which is honestly something that we probably can, you know, get ahead with or be better at if we just start planning or start understanding what these things are a few steps before we actually have to take the leap, right?
1: Absolutely. You you. you
0: said that you have somehow redefined your concept of success and how it's associated with wealth or money over Mm -hmm. time. So how does the pursuit of financial independence now sit with this new definition of success?
1: That's a very good question, Monica. It makes me, yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is a quote by the legend Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. She said something along the lines of, you know, you are on the road to success when you are doing a job and you don't care whether you get paid for it or not. And in this quote, at least the way I interpret it is that she means that when you are truly waking up every single day of your life, fueled with energy and enthusiasm to solve a particular problem that you are passionate about, and it becomes your life mission, it becomes, as it was in the book Alchemist for, for the uh, main protagonist, Santiago, he, he called it his personal legend. If you remember, if you know what that life mission is, then automatically money becomes secondary. But here's the catch though. The catch is that the notion of money becoming secondary comes into play only when your psychological, physiological, and safety needs are met. On a personal level, once you have those needs being met in your life, only then, I believe, you can then invest your time your energy into finding your life's mission, into finding your, your ikigai, which in Japanese terms means your reason for being your purpose of your life. Until and unless you, you, those safety needs and those psychological and physiological needs are not being met, it's very difficult for us as human beings to take that leap of faith and not focus on money at all.
0: I think what you've said honestly resonates with me but I feel like a lot of people especially I would say the younger generation people who are just graduating or who have probably entered their final years of uh, you know their undergraduate courses always listen to this this kind of you know narrative and be like no but you know I need this money I need a job I need to be employed mm-hmm. and very recently I was reading something about You know, similar to how you started or what you said about Oprah Winfrey's quote, I think it's very important to know what you truly enjoy doing. And then systematically or practically finding a way to convert that interest to that hobby into a practical way of bringing in resources to survive. Because essentially, you cannot be running your entire life on just a passion. Today, we have to adapt and we have to be able to say that, hey, listen, again, reeling back to your growth mindset. Hey, listen, this is my skill set. I enjoy doing this. I'm willing to do 2% of things that I don't enjoy so that I have the liberty to do 98% of the things that I do enjoy, and here's the cost at which I will be doing this.
1: I'm sorry to cut you off, but which is why, Monica, the first non-cognitive skill that I believe people should start thinking on as early as possible is what are the tools that I can learn to gain more self-awareness? Because the more self-aware you are, the more you know about your likes, your dislikes, your strengths, your weakness, what your true superpowers are. And then you can align your career your passion and find your purpose accordingly so that and then it ties into the zest aspect again or the ikigai aspect again that you will not wake up feeling lethargic and you will wake up feeling enthusiastic to solve that particular problem or to work towards that passion every single day today's episode featured a lot of discussion on how we
0: can learn and expand our perspectives We hope that Omar's thoughts and ideas have inspired you in some shape or form and will allow you to adopt a new personal growth mindset. We hope to catch you on the next episode.